Thanks for tuning in to the Harvest Springs weekly podcast. Every week we'll provide you with the weekend message from our Sunday service. Now here's this week's episode with our lead pastor, Corey Engel. It is good to see. We got a full house for Memorial Day. Man, good job guys for coming to church. And uh, and uh, welcome to everybody that's online too. We're glad that uh, you're there. And uh, guys, we are wrapping up today a series on the Sabbath. And we've been talking over the course of this series about uh, why the Sabbath is needed, why we need to honor the Lord, take a day, stop from our work, let accomplishment and production go just for a day. And, uh, and then uh, we talked last week about how we practice it. Like, what does that look like and how do we do it? We, uh, we kind of walked through a few things there. And then today we're going to talk about the blessing of Sabbath. You guys, this week, I, uh, I was driving with my young son, Peyton. We were driving into town and I decided, you know what? I'm, I always listen to stuff on, uh, on the radio. Sometimes it's podcasts, things like that. I decided I was going to throw on a book that I've been wanting to read. And this book ultimately is a by, guy, by a guy named Charles du, Duhigg, I believe, or Durhig. Uh, and he was a speaker at the GLS Next event. Anybody, if you guys watched that, he talked on habits. And so I grabbed his audio book, The Power of Habits, and I put it up on my radio and we began to listen. And I was captivated by its content. In fact, not only was I captivated by it, but so was my son, Peyton. And as we got to our, our little deal, Peyton goes, Dad, that's fascinating stuff. And I said, I know. And as we got back in the car to drive back home, uh, he's like, Dad, put that book back on. So we listened to it all the way home. Then next morning, he said, hey, Dad, you know that book? Can you turn that book on and let's listen to it some more? He was captured by it. What's interesting about this uh, this book is it talks about the power of habits and and what they actually are, and sometimes how powerful they are to break. And then when you have good ones, the kind of transformative uh, impact they'll have on our lives. It's a, it's a fascinating book, okay? Power of Habits. Inside of the book, basically, he starts by explaining that our brains are wired to use as little of energy as possible. Are, they're wired to expend as little energy as possible. For instance, the first time, how many of you guys remember your first time at Harvest Springs? Some of you guys are like, today is my first time. Uh, I Okay, I get it. Your very first time when you walked in the door, you suddenly were thrust into a place where you had to make a decision. And the decision was what? Where to sit. All right, where to sit. Now, I want you to think about where you're sitting right now. How many of you guys are sitting within roughly about the, you know, uh, a row or two from where you always sit? How many of you guys are there? You're in the same spot. You're on the same side that you always, you always go to the left side or you always go to the right side, uh, right? We always send us, my, my family is sitting in the same spot. They're always right over here, right? I know the Aguaya family, you guys are always right there, always, two rows back. You know, uh, Gary and Paul, you guys need to move back just a couple. Normally, you're just back a couple, right? I, I get, you know, <laughs> yeah, the Pearsons, you guys are always right there. Like, I, I can, I can kind of tell where everybody's going to be. 
because here's why we do this. When we come in that very first time, it's incredibly stressful to make the decision where you're going to sit. It's incredibly stressful. You want to know how stressful it is? I want everybody to stand up. Okay? Now go find a new place to sit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay, you can sit down. (laughs) But how many of you guys in that moment, like realizing I've got to find a different place to sit? All of a sudden, the anxiety comes up because your brain is going, I don't want to have to make that decision right now. I made that decision, what, five years ago, where I'm going to sit, and that's the decision that's made. So that when you walk in the door, your brain goes into this, I don't need to think about this. I already know where I always sit. It was fascinating this morning in the very first service downstairs in uh, one of the kids' classrooms. Earlier this week, I've been talking to my wife about this, so you know how we get stuck in these habit loops where we don't even think about it, we just do it. These young kids came in, one, one young kid, when I first came in, this young kid comes in and he went immediately to the place he always sits. And so my wife, who is the teacher there, she's like, he's sitting where he always sits. He sits there every single uh, Sunday. And so then the next day, two more kids come in. And instead of sitting with the other kid, they all went to different tables because that's where they always sit. Nobody was telling them they had to sit there. They just naturally went back to the place they always sit. And the reason is is because we're wired to just fall into loops where we don't have to think about it. We just do it. Okay? And that's where our, our habits are created. Once we've experienced something and we've ultimately got some kind of reward from it. Like if you come to church and you enjoy this place, right? You had an experience that was beneficial or pleasurable. Your brain associates that experience with the location in which you experienced it. And so it doesn't really matter where you choose to sit. (laughs) If you enjoy the service, you'll go back to that spot. One time I had, I just had an unbelievable experience with the Lord. I came in, I turned on some worship music. It was the Shout to the Lord album. How many of you guys remember that? Like way, way back. This was like in 2000, the year 2000. Shout to the Lord. I put it on to the, the, the loudspeakers, turned it up. I came in and at that time there was a stage under this one. This one's a little higher. And I laid down, I was the only person in here. I laid down on the platform and, uh, and I just began to worship. And I raised my hands up to the Lord and I said, Jesus. And it was like, God just, just, It was so intense. It was so awesome. It was so good. The next day, do you know what I did? I came into the auditorium. I put on the exact same CD. I I played the exact same song. I turned it up. I came up. I laid in the exact same spot. In the same way, I put up my hands and started saying, Jesus, because I wanted God to do it again, right? There's... I went now into a routine, okay? So here's what I want you to understand. Inside of your life, you have habits, okay? There are things you do without even thinking, and they are all triggered by a cue. If you got, you know, I know we put our, our phones all on vibrate right now, but if your phone buzzed, what would you do? right? You'd probably reach in your pocket, pull it out, 
and just make sure that you, I mean, how many of you guys got notifications? Holy cow, I've got, I've got five different notifications going right there, right? We get notifications all the time. They are cues, triggers to get you to do something. So uh, your phone, when it buzzes or it dings or you get some kind of a notification, you have a habit and you will do it without thinking. You will grab your phone and you will check the notification. It's just a natural thing. Many times you will have habits. Your cue is, I've just woken and got out of bed. So then now what do I do? Whether I walk to the bathroom, I go to the bathroom, then I go to the sink. I, you know, I, I check my hair, or maybe it's I climb into the shower. If you pay attention, you'll notice you probably dry yourself off in the exact order. Like, you know, hair first, you know, shoulders next, do your, you will probably do the exact same thing every single time. Why? Because you do it day after day and you do it without thinking. Your brain doesn't want to figure out a new way to dry yourself off. It starts with a cue. You go through your routine and ultimately at the end, there's some kind of reward. The whole thing is driven by a reward. What I'd like to suggest to you is the first thing in your notes is that our practice of Sabbath is often a practice of habit rather than a practice of intentionality. It is often a practice of habit rather than a practice of an intentionality. Here's how I know this. For the last two weeks, we've been talking about that Sabbath is not rest. It is stopping. Okay, rest happens when we stop. Rest is a product of a Sabbath when we, when we do this well. But the idea of Sabbath, like the Hebrew word Shabbat, does not mean rest. It means stop, cease, don't do it anymore. Okay? And so understanding that this is a call to stop, stop your work, stop your, you know, accomplished drive, Stop your production drive, right? Just stop that, let it go, and just be, be still. That's the idea of Sabbath. So I've been preaching about that for two weeks. I've been talking with my family about this. How do we do it? I think Tasha and I are like, we really need to be more intentional about, you know, not working on the Sabbath. So last week, I preached the message, went home, took a little nap, Woke up, it was about 4.30. I decided, you know what? I'm just gonna read for a little bit. I have a book that I was gonna read. And so I grabbed the book, I was reading a chapter. And then I got a cue. A cue, a little notification on my phone about a meeting or something on my schedule that was on my schedule for Monday. Every Monday from 7.30 to nine o'clock, I schedule out in my schedule a time called just weekly schedule session. It's where I go through all of my meetings, all the things that I have to accomplish. I put them into my calendar. I kind of process through my week. Is there anything that I need to prep for? Is there a meeting I need to have kind of uh, awareness of? Are there people that I need to contact or or pre-work with? Right. I go through all of that Mondays from 730 to 9. I put it in my calendar. When I got the notification that my next event is coming, it's Monday from 7.30 to 9, it triggered a routine for me. I didn't even think about it. When I saw that, 
Something happened in my mind. I'm not really doing anything right now. I'm just reading a book. So you know what I could do? I could grab my computer. I could sit down maybe for an hour or so, and I could just do all of my planning for the week, and I could just get that out of the way because then I'll be ahead going into the week. I won't be behind. I'll have gotten some stuff done, and I'll have this open space on my calendar where I could, you know, not feel like I, I'm behind all the time. That's the reward for me, right? You get it? You start to see it? A cue saying, this is coming. The thought is, I could get ahead, and that feeling like you're not behind is a wonderful feeling, right? The feeling like, you, I am not behind, I'm actually caught up. And so I was like, I want that. That's the reward I'm longing for. And without even thinking, I got up off of the couch, put my book away, walked over to the counter and began to pull out my computer. I pulled it out of its sleeve and I'm getting ready to open it. And all of a sudden the thought crosses my mind, Corey, what are you doing? It's Sunday. It's the Sabbath. What, would, what have I committed myself to do? What have you been talking about for two weeks? Let go of work. You don't have to accomplish. How did I get sucked right back into it? Because I didn't understand that there's a habit loop that I often am triggered by. A little notification, set it off. And all of a sudden I'm into a routine without even realizing because there was a certain reward that I wanted to experience. If we're going to practice the Sabbath better, then we're going to have to break the habit loop because many of us are just stuck in it. We practice the Sabbath the same way over and over and over again. This is not the first time I've had a conversation with Tasha about practicing the Sabbath better. This is not the first time in 20 years that we've even talked about Sabbath and honoring the Sabbath, taking days off, right? It's, it's not the first time, but for some reason, I find myself getting sucked right back into the same loop. Okay, moment of honesty. How many of you guys are realizing this about your own life, that you get sucked back into not practicing the Sabbath well because of maybe some bad habits? Is with me? Okay. If we're going to break out of that, if we're going to break our work habit, if we're going to break out of that cycle, then we have to not only recognize what cues trigger us, but we have to also recognize what the reward is if we do this well. Because the Bible talks a lot about the rewards of Sabbath. And guys, I'm pretty sure that if you really look at the rewards and what practicing Sabbath well will bring to your life, you'll go, yeah, I want that. I desire that. And if we can just get to that place where we're like, hey, that reward is worth it, then we'll probably then be willing to change our routine so that we don't get triggered by all the cues, but rather embrace a different way of living. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Here's what it says. Paul's writing and he says, do not, some of you guys will remember this in the NIV. It says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. In the New Living Translation, it says, do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. What are behaviors and customs? They're just habits. They're things that are ultimately 
the triggers that get us like, hey, that triggers us. We're cue. We're like, we're gonna do it. And now off we're we're off running. We're we're caught up in the way of the world. Paul says, look, don't don't let the habits of the world be your habits any longer. He says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by changing the way you think. And so we've got to change the way we think about the Sabbath. And part of changing the way we think is recognizing what are our cues as well as what are the rewards. Okay? And today we're going to talk about the rewards. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, Jesus says an interesting statement about the Sabbath day. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That little statement, the the Sabbath was made for man, suggests, or Jesus implies there, that the Sabbath actually is a gift from God to us. The Sabbath is actually a gift to you. Now, I know many people think, you know, make me stay home, not work, I can't do anything around you. It's It's a curse. We look at the Sabbath as a curse. Because why? Because what we see is we see a reward of accomplishment and production. And we want that, right? We get little, you know, triggers mentally. We feel good when we get something done. We feel like when we make progress, right? We get a little hit of uh, adrenaline and dopamine and it makes us feel good because we accomplish something, right? There's a reward for that. But what God is saying is there's a greater reward than just that little dopamine hit, There's a greater reward if you can just stop and be still. And so what is that reward? Let's talk about it. What are the blessings of Sabbath? There's five things. Now, there's way more than this. The Bible talks about the blessings of putting God first, right? In Matthew 6, 33, it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Like everything, all the good things will be yours if we can just put God into the proper place. So there's way more blessing than just these five. But these five are absolutely true. And these are ones that, at least for me, when I am good at practicing the Sabbath, I find that these are true. The first one is this. When we practice the Sabbath well, it naturally increases our faith. It naturally increases our faith. How many of you guys, and when I say faith, I'm just talking about our relationship with God. I'm not, you know, not, not thinking about like, you know, belief in the impossible, stuff like that. I'm just talking about our faith. Our relationship with God is strengthened. We go deeper in a relationship with God when we practice Sabbath well. How many of you guys would like a deeper closer, more vibrant relationship with God. I'm guessing all of us. That's why we're here. When we practice the Sabbath well, faith naturally grows. When you go to the gym and work out, it may not feel like it, right? You get sore and you hurt afterwards, but when you go and you work out, you're making progress. And if you'll continue to invest in that effort, you will grow naturally. You can't help it. When you practice your faith, when you step out of the the efforts to produce and accomplish, and you begin to trust God with that day, 
when you trust God with your to-do list, when you trust God with the things that need to be done right now, when you just go, look, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to trust God with it. Every time you exercise that faith, your faith gets stronger. Notice what it says in Hebrews 11:6. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he does what? He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Last week, we talked about how the Sabbath ultimately is just a day to seek God. It's a day to turn our eyes on him, to stop and go, I don't, I don't need to focus on the thousand things at work I need to do or the thousand things at home I need to do or the thousand things that I feel pressured by. I can just let myself be and let my eyes be on him. And if you can get that soul focus on God and God alone, if you can seek him, guess what? Rewards come, blessings come. And one of those blessings is increased faith. The second thing is that when we practice the Sabbath well, not only do we experience rest, but we experience life-changing rest. One of the problems at epidemic levels in our society right now is stress. How many of you guys, if you just took inventory on your own body, would go, I feel some stress even now? Okay, just being honest, I just feel it. So many people just feel stress all the time. You could feel stress because of a family situation. You can feel stress because of a home situation. You could feel stress about a, a career situation, right? We can feel stress in all different places. And we always seem like we're feeling that there is this pressure to accomplish and produce, to go, 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 be busy, busy, busy. And what would change in your life? if you didn't have to carry that stress any longer. I talked with some folks who didn't want to practice the Sabbath because they felt like it would be too stressful for them because all they would do is stress about all the things that they needed to do. They rather would have just done them, right? To just do it, to be engaged in it, that makes me feel better and I don't feel as stressed. But to not do it, all then I could do is think about it and stress about it and worry about it. You guys, anybody feel like that sometimes? Like it's just better for me to do it because you know what? I, I don't want to stress about it. Here's what I will say. If you continue to give in to it, you will continue down that habit loop and you will never ever get to the place where you could let it go and experience the peace of being alone and unproductive, but knowing that you are God's, that you are okay in him and him alone, that you don't need to accomplish, that you are his child. And no matter how, you, how well you do, no matter what the condition of your lawn, no matter what the condition of your home, no matter how, how many dishes are in the sink, no matter how productive you are at work, it doesn't matter any of those things, you are his child. And when you come to that place where you can find rest and peace in that, then guess what? Then you can let the stress go and you will experience life-changing rest. Listen to what it says in Psalm 127, verse two. It says, it is in vain that you rise up early and go to bed uh, late, eating the bread of anxious 
toil. I love that, that framework, anxious toil. How many of you guys sometimes just feel like there's this anxiety that comes? I got to work, work, go, go, produce, produce. It's the anxiety that comes. Stressful is the word. Because why? Because God gives sleep to his beloved. God grants sleep to those he loves. Let God's blessing come upon you. Sometimes just rest. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon me and learn from me. So, so sorry, I'm quoting uh, from the NIV here, but in the ESV, it says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, if you're feeling the burden, you're feeling the weariness, the pressure, if you're feeling that, where do you go to find life-changing rest? You come to him. You let go in him. It's not work harder, accomplish more, be better. It's not that. It's let go into God. Rest in him and you will find rest for your souls. I don't know about you, but like I think about this. And sometimes, you know, like when you're running and you're, I don't know, I don't run very often, which you could probably tell. Okay. But when I do, there comes that point when you feel like you can't quite catch your, catch your breath. Right, you're like, <sighs> you know, you're just trying to suck in more and more. And there comes a point when you're breathing, breathing, when all of a sudden you take a certain breath and it feels like you got enough. Right? Have you guys ever experienced this where you're like, oh, like you finally caught it. Yeah, that's what they call it. You catch your breath and you're trying to catch your breath. <laughs> so you guys are like, I need to breathe right now. <laughs> now, here's the thing. That's what it feels like when we finally surrender and we let go to God. When we stop trying to do it in our own strength, in our own power, and we just go, you know what? I've got to let go. The Sabbath is an opportunity for you to just catch your breath, to stop running, stop put the pressure, turn your eyes on God, and then just breathe in deeply. And you will find that it's in that posture that you get life-changing rest. Number three, when we practice Sabbath well, when we stop, it is an opportunity for us to experience God refocusing us and clarifying our priorities. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding." In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Verse 7, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. I think that passage is so interesting because it starts with the posture, you've got to trust the Lord, right? It's that very first point. You've got to practice your faith. You've got to learn to let go and trust God, okay? So every time you step into the the Sabbath day, you are really saying, I am letting go of everything and I'm trusting you. 
It's a practice of your faith. And when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, you're not trusting in your own understanding, your ability to accomplish or solve the problems. You're not trusting there. What does it say? The Lord will make your paths straight. It means straight just means I know where I'm going and I'm going straight there. You have a focus, a clarity. You know what's priority and what's not. How many of you guys have kind of wandered your way to the, to the goal, right? You're like, I guess I'm not sure where I'm going here, but I'm going to kind of find my way. And I feel like that every time I go to Walmart, I kind of know what I want, but I don't know where it is. And so I just kind of wander around hoping I'm going to find my way to it. Okay? When you know where you're going, you know where it is. Like, this is how I am sometimes. Like, if I'm going to Home Depot, I know where it is. And I can go in, go right to where I want, get my thing, turn around. I don't have to go anywhere else. Right? That's why I don't understand sometimes when I go to the store with Tosh. She can kind of wander her way through the store. I'm like, what are you, what are you looking for? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm going to find it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, just get in there, grab it, get it out, you know, go. When we stop long enough to catch God's heart, his agenda, get his priorities, well, then suddenly we know we can go right after it. We don't have to wander our way any longer. Our paths become straight because why? Because God is directing our paths. He is showing us the way. Every time we stop, we allow God to show us the path and we then can pursue it with purpose. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, it says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whether you turn to the right or to the left. It's really this idea that God will direct your path. You ever get to the, the kind of the critical junction? Should I turn right or should I turn left? When you don't know what to do, we can have confidence that the Lord will direct our paths. If you trust your own ability, you're not going to listen. But if you will Focus your attention on God. He will speak. He'll give you that direction. Sabbaths are wonderful times for us to stop and listen, clarify our priorities, and to get focused on God. Number four, when we practice the Sabbath well, ultimately what we, what we find in our life is that our strength gets multiplied. It gets magnified. Listen to what Isaiah says in chapter 40, verse 31. It says, they that wait upon the Lord, right? That's that posture of, of Sabbath, right? We're stopping and we're waiting. We're not working. We're not doing all this stuff. We're waiting. Our eyes are on God. They that wait upon the Lord shall do what? Shall find that their strength has been renewed. The word renew means that there used to be strength there, but that's been depleted. It's been exhausted. It's been used up. And so now you're an empty. And when you wait on God, what happens? Suddenly you find you have new strength. It would be like your car, you're driving down the road and the, the gas light is on E, right? The light is on the, the gauge is over. You're wondering if you're going to be able to go any further, right? But you're just waiting. You're waiting. There's a confidence, right? 
You're not trying to rush to the gas station. You're just waiting on God. And then all of a sudden, you look at the gauge and you find that the tank is filled back up. Somehow, mysteriously, the gas in your tank has been multiplied. It has been magnified, right? The little bit has become a lot. And what you didn't think, like we couldn't make it any further. Now all of a sudden you realize I can go much further than I thought. That's the idea here. God says, if you will wait on me, if you will let go of all the drive of accomplishment and doing and working on the Sabbath, if you will let that go and you'll trust me, then guess what? I will multiply your strength. You will find strength in your life that you did not have. And it won't be your strength. It will be his strength in your life. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. He says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. If we posture, like every time we posture ourselves in the Sabbath, we are ultimately posturing ourselves in a position of weakness, right? Working, getting it all done, we feel like that's the posture of strength. But when we stop, when we let it go, it feels like we're not doing anything. We're not accomplishing anything. And it's a posture of weakness. But God says, I can do more in your life if you will trust me in that posture of weakness than rather than if you try to posture yourself in a position of strength. I want you to think about Chick-fil-A. I am convinced that this is true, that Chick-fil-A can make more money in six days than they could in seven. I want you to think about that. Chick-fil-A can make more money in six days than they can in seven. Now I know how the world works. We look at it and go, man, they'd have seven days instead of six. You could do so much more in seven if you would just stay open on that seventh day. But I'm telling you, God gives them strength they did not have. He multiplies what they do, and they make more money through six days than they could in seven. If they would just open up on the seventh day, you know what I think they'd do? They'd see their income decline. I, I can almost guarantee it. I believe it's the same for us. We get sucked into the pattern of this world thinking if we just can keep working that seventh day and just keep accomplishing on that, that day, we're not doing the career thing, right? We just keep work, 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 work. I think you'll find that you can accomplish more with God in six days than you can without God in seven. And in closing, the last thing is this. When we practice, when we practice the Sabbath well, God expands our vision. We see things we could not see unless we had stopped. Between here and Helena is, uh, you know, a little rock my family calls Turtle Rock. How many of you guys know the rock we're, we're talking about? Just raise your hand high. Between here and Helena, there's a, a rock. It looks like a turtle head. It's kind of sticking up. Anybody know the rock we're talking about? You guys remember? If you don't know, you're driving too fast. Okay? You didn't even notice. There's a turtle rock. Now, next time you go to Helena, drive there, and you'll know. You'll see this little, little big, giant turtle head sticking out right on the side of the road. You can't hardly miss it. If you do know that, that where that turtle head is, okay, it looks like a turtle, 
If you know what rock I'm talking about, my guess is that you don't know anything else about what's around you. You might have some ideas, but you don't know with any clarity or with any detail. But do you know what you'd discover if you pulled over next to that rock and you stopped? You know what you'd discover? There's a lot of cool stuff around there. There's unique trees. There's different kinds of grasses. There's different kinds of animals. Around it is a beautiful uh, scenery. We drive so fast in life so many times that we don't notice the beauty that's around us. There are things that you can't see that are important for you to see when you're driving 100 miles an hour. And you'll only discover those things if you'll stop long enough to see them. In 2 Kings chapter 6, there's an interesting story. Elisha and his servant are in a, a town and suddenly the servant discovers that the, uh, the army has gathered around them, surrounded the city, and they're about ready to take him down. They're looking for Elisha. They, they want to end his ministry. The servant freaks out, right? Can you imagine the moment you think like, this is a life, situa- life, life and death situation and we're, we're in trouble. And, and so he goes from zero to a hundred like that right? And he comes running back and he's freaking out. He's yelling, you know, Elisha, the army's around us. And what are we going to do? We're going to die. And yeah, he's like, you know, going crazy. And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes. Elisha, not running a hundred miles an hour, not feeling the pressure, not the anxiety, but he is, he is stopped in the Lord. Can see things that the servant can't. And so the Lord, he says, this is in, in verse 17, it says, then Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. And it says, the Lord opened the eyes of the servant and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. Elisha and the servant had nothing to fear, but there was a detail that needed to be seen And it could only be seen if he was still to see the thing that God wanted you to see. When we Sabbath, it allows us to stop. It allows us to pull back. It allows us to expand our vision. And we can begin to see the things that God wants us to see. Now, I want you to take your notes, and I want you to take a look at those five blessings. I want you to think about how different your life would be if you had a greater measure of those five things in your life in the next six months. What if in the next six months, God deepened your faith? God gave you life-changing rest, rest to the soul. What if he clarified and gave you divine focus, clarified your priorities? You started running in, you know, not wasting your time, spinning your wheels, but making real progress for the things that matter. What if God began to strengthen you and where you felt you were weak, suddenly you felt his strength? What would your life be if you began to see beyond just yourself and to expand the vision of God in your life? What would your life be like if those five things became a reality? I'm guessing all of us would say, sign me up. I want more of that. I'd love for that to be a reality. And I want to challenge you. If you want that, that's the reward. 
then you've got to figure out how to develop the practice of the habit of Sabbath. Develop the habit of Sabbath. And I believe that if you can do this, and we can do this well, it may not happen overnight. You know, you might not just, okay, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it one day, and then my life's going to change. No, that's not how it works. Right? As we develop this habit day after day, week after week, Sabbath after Sabbath, suddenly when we look back, we'll find that God has grown us in all five of these areas. And that's my prayer for you. All right, before I go, I want to say thank you. Some of you may not know, but I am going to leave from this church. I'm not even going to go home. I'm going directly up into the mountains uh, to a cabin, and I am starting a three-month sabbatical. I will be back into the the mix as lead pastor uh, on the 1st of September. And so, uh, so it's kind of a uh, kind of a anxious time to be honest with you. I'm going to be breaking a lot of habits, things that I've done naturally. Because here's what I know: I'm usually the first guy to walk in the, the church every morning. I turn off the alarm, I go set my stuff down, and I go directly to the espresso machine. Right? That's just my that's my habit. One of my staff guys goes, "You know what? You're probably going to go through withdrawals, not being able to get, hit the the espresso machine all the time." There's a little anxiety, but I I just want to say thank you. Number one, thanks to our executive team for just extending the opportunity of sabbatical uh, to Tosh and my family and I. We are, we're uh, just incredibly blessed that they would value our pastoral uh, team uh, and including Tosh and I and our family. We just want to say thank you. Uh, Number two, we want to say thank you to you guys because you guys are uh, obviously uh, the ones who enable that as members of our congregation. And I am thankful for everybody who's coming and saying, man, we're praying for you, uh, excited for you. What can we do to help, right? Lots of things along the way. We just want to tell you thank you so much. Please, you're probably going to see us along the way when we're out and about and stuff. Don't treat us like we have the plague. You know, and I'm like, oh, well, there's Corey. And, you know, go run, hide in the corner until we pass. You know, just come up and say hi to us, right? We're, uh, we're probably going to be missing you guys more than you're missing us. But um, just come say hi to us. Uh, here's what I, I'd like to ask you to do. Don't talk to us about church, okay? <laughs> so don't come tell us, like, man, that message was awesome or it was horrible, right? Don't tell us either way. <laughs> we're, we're trying to disconnect. We're trying to let it go. And um, we're... We just need, we need uh, a space and we know that you guys ultimately understand that. But please come talk to us. We'd love to find out what's happening in your, your family. We'd like to find out what's happening in your life and let's just not talk church, okay? We all, we good with that? And, uh, and lastly, I wanna pray, pray for you guys before we go. And then our executive team is asked, hey, can we pray for you? So I'm gonna invite the executive team up here. Um, but I, I want us just to, to pray. And I, as a pastor, just, guys, we got a great team. This church is, is in great hands. We got a great summer in store. And it, things are going to go so well. I've had several pastors tell me, like, look, sabbatical is for two things. Helping the church know that it doesn't run on Pastor Corey. And the second part is helping Pastor Corey know he doesn't run the church. <laughs> 
It's just, it's this, this wonderful blessing of knowing that it doesn't all revolve around me, but knowing that Christ is the one that holds us together. He's the one who leads us forward. And, uh, and we get a chance to grow together as a church. And, uh, and so I want to just pray for that. And I want to pray for you as a congregation. And then uh, I'm thankful that the executive team would like to come pray for me too. So Lord, we come before you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for our church. Thank you, Lord, for Harvest Springs. Thank you for every person that considers this their place of, of worship and community and where we gather together in your name to exalt you high and lift your name above our lives and above our community and, Lord, into our world. We pray, God, that over the course of this summer, Lord, you just protect us. You put your hedge around us. Lord, Satan would, would love nothing more than to throw a wrench in the good things that you're doing here. And so, Lord, we pray, God, that, that God, you would uh, unite us as a church. You draw us and give us God-oriented vision for what's ahead. God, would you, would you be with Paul and, and the staff and the elders as they, they lead the charge uh, while we're away? And God, we pray, God, that you would just bear fruit for the kingdom of God in our world. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this man created in your image, Lord. We know him as Pastor Corey, Lord. But we pray that during his sabbatical, he becomes the leader of his household again, the, the father to his children, the husband to his wife, that he gets time to be still in your word, Lord. And we just pray that as he navigates this, this time away from us, Lord, that he's breaking some of the habits that he's learned over these last few years, Lord, and that he's seeking you and being still in you so that he understands the cue comes from you, Lord. And we know that everything good comes from you, Lord. So we're so excited for this time for Corey. Mm. We're excited for this time for our church, our church body, our pastoral staff, our executive team to grow, uh, to look at our habits and grow new habits, Lord. And we're so thankful for this man, Lord. We wish him the best. And uh, we know that uh, when he seeks you, Lord, great things will happen, Lord. We, we give this time to him. We give this time to you. We're so thankful for this opportunity to bless him, to bless his family. And we're excited for the growth our church will see. We love you, Lord. Protect him and his family. Protect this church. We love you. And it's in your holy and graceful name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Harvest Springs podcast. Our hope is that you hear the truth of God's word and that you are encouraged and challenged by it. If you would like to take your faith journey to the next level, check out the Getting Started plan on our mobile app or our website, harvestsprings.com. The Getting Started plan is a seven-day video-based teaching that will help you start your relationship with Jesus off in the right direction. And if there's anything that we can do to help, just fill out a connection card on our website or on the mobile app.